Welcome in everyone to the Haven Podcast. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you're listening to me, and I appreciate that. Hope every one of you had a wonderful weekend. On this week's TV and film focus episode, we will be going over the news that Netflix's Daredevil has been officially canceled. That's fucking heartbreaking on so many levels. I can't wait to jump into that. And what is possibly ahead for the character itself moving forward. Also, we have on the docket the Russo brothers uh, drop a couple, some nibbles and tidbits about Avengers Infinity War. And then we wrap up with a Netflix recommendation from me to you. Um, so real quick before we like start off the show, I just want to, I want to vent a little bit. I want to ramble. And no, it has nothing to do with like the industry of TV and film and all that jazz or video games or anything like that. So I'm recording a day early. <clears throat> I got a lot of stuff to just kind of had to get done a day around the house and everything like that. And then um, I'm planning for majority of tomorrow and the rest of today to work on some blueprint stuff in regards to the podcast's Patreon site, which I've been working on diligently for the last couple um, well, shit, since probably June, and I just keep going in a writer's block of like, oh, could I do this, do that, that'd be cool, like, you know, stuff of that nature. They're just, you know, I want to use it as a different platform to do some kind of different stuff that I'm used to doing and, and everything like that. But <clears throat> anyways, that's that's not the point of my rant or my venting. So I'm doing this a day early, so I, I'm, you know, trying to schedule the day and everything like that to record and all that stuff, right? So I run out, go some errands and everything like that around the store. So, uh, I run to the grocery store. I just had to pick up, like, one thing or whatever in and out easy, right? That's the theory behind it, at least. So, fast forward. What are they? The fucking... The people outside during... You know, it's the holiday season, right? Everything's feeling festive and, and everything like that. And that's that's great. I love that shit. It just gets my fucking... Gets my testicles nice and loose. I love it. It's just... Ugh, fills me with warmth and joy. I really do. I, I genuinely mean that. So you got the Salvation Army people, or I don't know, the guys that are sitting outside like all the stores, and they have the bell, they keep ringing it, and they have the pot or whatever over there. It's like, hey, you know, give us some coins. So I walk by. Now, I'm not sure about other people. I haven't carried basically any cash or change ever in my life. Everything I do is card-based and, and everything like that. I think a lot of people are like that as well. So I'm sitting there, and I walk by. And, you know, usually they just kind of ring the bell, you know, and you're like, you're in, you have that awkward moment where you're like, fuck, I know I really want to give something or I should and everything like that. Or maybe you don't want to do it, but you feel that sense of obligation that you probably should. So I have that awkward moment where you just kind of like put your head down or you do that fucking thing where you're like, oh shit, some man, I'm getting text. I got a phone call. And like, you know, that person's like, I, I see this shit all the time as they ring that bell just fucking dead behind the eyes, just staring at you, like, just judging you, like, you piece of shit, you're just, you got nothing going on, you're pretending so you don't make eye contact and avoid the awkwardness of not giving a fucking penny to this cause, you, you selfish bastard, that kind of thing, right? So, I, as I walk by, or I'm approaching, I should say, this, this individual with a bell and everything like that, they turn and look at me, and I'm not going to lie, I did the whole, like, oh, I got something on my phone thing. <laughs> Someone texted me, pull out my phone, heads down kind of thing, not avoiding eye contact like a fucking pussy. And the lady turns to me, she says to me, you got any change? Like a fucking homeless person. And the way she said it and the look, like her jowls and her jawline and her face were just, like... 
it wasn't like please give because it's like so it was more of like this passive i don't know if passive aggressive is the right word but it was a very like aggro like you gonna change kind of thing so i stop and i look and i'm like i know i don't have any change and i got angry that's probably the wrong response to it and then she gives me a look back where she says i'm just asking <laughs> and i turn around i was like well do you take apple pay <laughs> She's like, it just gives me this fucking look and just says, no, we don't take Apple Pay. And I'm like, okay. And I walk in or whatever. And I was like, but, you know, karma's a bitch because I probably should have been the bigger person in that situation. But, you know, like I say, I'm a fucking asshole. So uh, karma comes back to me. So I go grab my stuff or whatever. My one little thing. They have self-checkout. I'm like, boom, in and out. Don't got to weigh anything. This is great. And then this fucking old bag. She cuts right in front of me. As I'm next in line to go in the self-checkout, I'm like literally in mid-half step. And she just fucking cuts me off with her cart. So I'm already kind of like butthurt over the situation of the entrance of said grocery store and this interaction. Not altercation, but interaction with said bell person. And so I I kind of lose my cool a little bit and... I, I say to her, I just I just give her a good old, like, the one-two. I give her, like, hey, excuse me. Give her one of those, right? And she fucking ignores me. And so I get a little pissed off, and I'm like, hello? That's what I say to her. And completely fucking ignores me. So she could be old and just be deaf. I personally think, like, that's the beauty of, like, when you get older, you can just pretend you can't hear shit even if you can. You can just use that as a cripple or a, a crutch and just completely fucking ignore people. So I'm, I'm a little heated or whatever. I go back in line and I'm just like, this fucking bitch, you know? Like, I'm going to break her other fucking hip. So one of the spot opens up. I go check out and then I, you know, exit and stuff like that. I made sure, yes, I went through a, a different exit so I didn't have a, another awkward interaction with said bell person. Um, and so I go to the car, start up, get ready to leave. And I just kind of sit there for a second, just processing these two events that just occurred within like a six to seven minute window, if even that. And honestly, I just start fucking cracking up laughing, like props to the old lady. She's like, I don't give two fucks. Like when I get that old, if I can do that and have no shame or just don't give a shit, fuck dude. And I know people are going to be like, well, she probably didn't know. Like, trust me. They don't let the fucking wrinkly skin mask confuse you people. They don't give a shit. They're plenty aware of what they're doing and not doing, okay? And I just was, like, laughing, like, hey, if I can get to that point, then, yeah. Then, you know, that's going to be awesome when I'm old and I'm just going to freaking just shit my pants in the middle of somewhere. And they're just looking at you like, I think that person shit their pants at old first. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, oh, that's going to be great. So, but that's not why you listen. But I wanted to ramble just a little bit and and invent somewhat a little bit. So props to that old lady for not giving two shits. And, uh, you know, props to the, the bell holder. Now that I think about it, you know, perspective. And you just saying, hey, got any changes? Go for it. I like that. So, but again, let's let's actually start the show now. I wanted to get that off my little, my chesticles on that one. So um, with that said, moving on to our first topic of today's episode, um, it's official. Netflix put out the statement daredevil has been canceled can't really um say i'm surprised it was this has kind of been the trend with the whole netflix marvel heroes i think the first one out of the gate was iron fist and that's perfectly okay because that actor that played iron fist in the show itself was complete and utter trash um 
And then Luke Cage got canned, which I never watched the second season. We've talked about in previous episodes, my feels when it comes to Marvel's Netflix agreements and everything like that. And then, um, so Luke Cage got canned. I think a lot of people were like, oh, dude, that's, you know, because I watched the first season. I thought it was fucking awesome. I really enjoyed season one of Luke Cage. And now with Daredevil out of the docket, that's a heartbreaker because I felt for the most part the first season was one of the best pieces of television I've watched in a very long time. And I felt season two, it got too big. It was too all over the place with everything. And they took the focus off of Matt. Um, they tried to answer or ask some some good questions with the Matt Murdock Daredevil character and everything like that with him taking up this mantle of being this defender. And But there was just some other elements too. And I, I didn't like who they cast it as Electra. I didn't like too much what they did with her and everything like that. But what's his face? The guy from The Walking Dead who plays the Punisher, he was fucking amazing. And I still haven't watched the first season of Punisher. So I'm more... I'm less likely, I think, to be honest, to go and watch these shows now, knowing where I see the trend is going and everything like that. But maybe I'll, I'll try to find time for Punisher season one because I've heard great things about it. So the only two characters left as part of Marvel's Netflix agreement and all that jazz is Jessica Jones and Punisher. So I know they've already think finished filming the next the season three of Jessica Jones and season two of Punisher. So Netflix will roll those guys out. And I think a, a couple months afterwards, regardless of how well it's received or not, they'll make the announcement that, Hey, we're moving on from these characters and everything like that. It, it's pretty clear that the reason for this is because of Disney's new streaming service. They're launching late next year, uh, Disney plus they're taking all these characters back. So with that said, Marvel did come out and, and kind of alluded to like, Hey, we're not done telling, the story of the man without fear and everything like that. So that's cool. I'm just curious if they do bring him back, if they are going to bring back, um, what's his name? The, the Cox guy that plays, uh, Matt Murdock, the actor. Cause I think he's really awesome as daredevil. And I'm curious if they bring like the actual actors back or if they're going to reboot them and everything like that. Because I mean, if you look at it, these Marvel heroes on Netflix, these shows are more grounded they're more they're def, I, I don't know if grounded's the right word they're definitely fucking darker very very more mature than you know what you see in like a marvel movie itself so i'm curious to see if they actually bring that back as it is and like hey just tame the reins like pull back the reins a little bit on your violence or if they're like let's just relaunch it you know we can properly introduce these guys into our own cinematic universe and stuff like that so i would be shocked if they don't develop daredevil people like iron fist and like jessica jones like all that those characters i'm curious if they bring those guys back but i think it'd be a hit, hit or a missed mark if like they don't do anything with daredevil and they don't do anything with punisher and um while i personally like the version they've given us of these characters because i feel it's very what's the word i'm looking for it is um fuck what's the word son of a getting old sucks um they're they're good images of what these characters are in in my head at least where it is darker and it is more serious and stuff so um but at the end of the day depending who they have working on these disney plus you know series and, and what have you these these are people i would assume that within the marvel movies know these characters they know the blueprint of what they do with the marvel movies so i would assume that regardless if it's not as dark or as violent that they're still going to do a really bang up job of it and i think marvel's pretty good about pivoting as well to you know 
basically say, hey, this wasn't a good reception from the fans and everything, so we got to tweak a little bit. As long as Disney gives them free reign, which I have no reason to believe why they wouldn't, but when you start talking about, like, violence and a little more mature and shit like that, that's when I think you come out of a crossroads with Disney for their overall image and feel of the brand. So I'm glad to see that Marvel has did, had, did come out and say, like, hey, we're not done telling stories of Matt Murdock and everything. So because um, I think he's a fucking awesome character and what have you. So anyway, so with that said, also a little tie into the Netflix Marvel stuff as we move on to our next topic. So this comes uh, I pulled the notes from Geek Tyrant. They pulled it from some dude's Twitter from Slash Films who was at this event. So Collider held this press. Um, or the special screening of Avengers Infinity War with the Russo brothers, and they did a QA. and a I don't know if it was before or after. So the one thing here is, <clears throat> I'm trying to think how I can put this. So I will be talking about spoilers ahead, okay? These spoilers are pertaining only to Avengers The Infinity War. Nothing to do with Avengers 4 coming out, the didn't really see anything from what I saw about that movie. Like, they talked about it, some tidbits, nothing spoiler heavy in my opinion, but I won't even be going near that topic right now and what have you. And that's the other thing too, is I've seen it, especially via Reddit and everything like that. There's a shit ton of people coming out with spoilers and like, I worked as the coffee gal or guy that, you know, fluffed Chris Evans's dog on the set of Avengers 4. And my roommate was also the third act camera dude so i know what's going on with avengers 4 and they just type up this fucking essay of like spoilers and stuff and you've had other people come out and talk about oh this is what the trailer is gonna look like and that's been a thing too the trailer for avengers 4 it's all over the place we were supposed to get this thing back on black friday as rumored and now we're seeing a deadline of december 5th because on december 5th i believe there is a sequel comic coming out that bridges the gap between Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4. Hope I'm not mistaken those details there because they can be very important. So, um, And then we've even heard details in terms of what the trailer is going to look and feel like. So um, again, I'm not going to get into spoilers of what Avengers 4 is. That's not what this is about. But I just thought they had some good notes and everything like that. So if you have not seen Avengers Infinity War, A, what's wrong with you? B, I'm surprised you're listening to this podcast at all. Um, but C, we're going to jump into it right now. So this is what the Russo says during their Q&A. Just a couple little notes. So they did confirm that, yes, Loki is indeed dead, dead. Like, he's not coming back. Please keep it that way. I do not want this shit of... To me, that was an amazing moment in that movie. At the very beginning, you see the slaughter of the fucking Asgardian ship. You see a lot of Asgardians that are already kind of on the brink of extinction you know, being even more slaughtered by Thanos and his uh, sons and daughters. And you have this emotional scene where you do have Loki who at the very end, you know, turns face and is like, I'm going to try to do the right thing and, and, you know, be a good brother and everything like that. And there's other ways to look at it as well. And just to see his fucking did die the way he did it was like it just set the fucking tone to me for that movie of like no this is not your typical marvel movie that you've seen the last 10 years like we're going for it and we're gonna make you feel uncomfortable and we're gonna kill off some people that mean a lot to you that you've come to enjoy and love throughout the last 10 years so they confirm loki's officially dead um and speaking of the asgardians they did confirm as well like when thanos does a snap um half of the Asgardian race that was left over from the ship attack in the beginning, those guys 
disappeared as well. So they're about 25% or something I read as far as the Asgard. This is why I fucking love this Marvel cinematic shit. You start getting into fucking numbers of like who's left and shit. And the thing is, if they keep it that way, which they probably won't, they still have a very small, you know, basically the Asgardians are endangered uh, race at that point. So that can set up, depending how the events of Avengers 4 unfold, as very interesting story arcs for Thor. Um, if they do end up killing Thor off in Avengers 4, which is I've I've been... If you don't know, I'm the guy that has the flag that's like, kill Captain America off, kill Iron Man, kill Thor. Like, don't recast them as new actors and keep the character there. Don't put them put people in their mantle or their uniforms or suits and shit like that either just fucking kill them off and and everything and let that breathe a little bit because if you i don't know i just i think it adds more weight to the consequences of what we you know experienced and the the heaviness of it in avengers 4 so that that could open up a lot of cool possibilities for marvel to do going forward with their movies and then um they did mention to you that regardless of the status of guardians of the galaxy 3 which is in limbo like it's just on indefinite hold um it didn't affect anything to do with avengers 4 as they were done filming before the news broke with james gunn and they put it on hold and everything like that um and then last bit of news and this was interesting to me um, the Russo brothers did say and confirm that they wanted to include actually the Marvel characters from Netflix um, in the movie, but just couldn't get it to work story wise and, and everything like that. So that's interesting to me because it's literally, I think the first time it feels like that these guys with a lot of say and a lot of power and a lot of control within the Marvel cinematic universe fucking acknowledge these heroes that are on Netflix. And as we know, Netflix, ABC, when they do their own shitty Marvel shows for the most part, they are trying so hard to be like, see, we're the little brother. Like, we're attached to your cinematic movies that you love seeing in theaters. And it's like, eh, no, not really. So um, that thought was interesting. So that was kind of the sum of it. And again, I don't want to get into spoilers about Avengers 4 or anything like that and how it connects. But um, I just thought it was some good uh, tidbits and stuff like that. So, um, so to kind of wrap up today's episode and everything like that, I have a Netflix recommendation from me to you. Um, I did get a, actually um, a question about this. I didn't from one of our listeners so thank you for doing that um i, I didn't want to read it because it was just not that i didn't want to read the question it's just it was kind of straightforward i don't there wasn't too much of an explanation on it but as far as recommendations go i do try to give you guys actually most of them do come from netflix but i do try to give stuff if it's on amazon prime or hulu and stuff like that just there's so much fucking shit out there as you guys know there's so much fucking content and not enough hours in the day like even if you quit your job divorce your significant other and sold your children, you still would have a not enough time on a daily basis to consume all the content that is not just on Netflix, but across all these streaming platforms like Amazon and fucking Hulu and shit. So <clears throat> this is my way of contributing. So in case you do have one of those moments where you're sitting down, you're like, oh, I want to watch something I don't know. Hopefully these stick to the back of your head and it's something you can kind of jump in. So um, my recommendation for this one or on today's episode is actually called The Final Table. A little bit different than what I usually recommend. Um, but you know, I got a, I got a, I got a soft spot in my heart. I'm a, I'm a little foodie or try to consider myself one, AKA pretentious with my cuisine as I call it. So what is the final table? Basically it's Netflix saying like, Hey, you know, all those fucking cooking shows, you competitions, blah, 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 jerk off that they do like on fucking food network and Fox and all that shit. 
well, this is our version of it, <clears throat> but we're trying to like tighten it up a little bit, make it a little bit more professional and not as fucking nauseating, which I, I it does do that in my opinion. Um, it's only 10 episodes, which is fucking great. Each episode's an hour. So they're not trying to fill a 20 to 30 episode season arc like they do with fucking Master Chef. And I also do appreciate that a lot of the show or the vast majority of it, it's not like fucking judges or like chefs that are like, you know, really well known in the culinary scene around the world, just fucking yelling at people. You know, and just being fucking angry and upset because to me, that's not what cooking is whatsoever. Um, and I know there's like a lot of high end restaurants out there that they do have assholes like that and everything. Gordon Ramsay being one. And that's just how they conduct their business. But I think vast majority wise, it's not like that, um, especially like in overall the idea of cooking, like who the fuck cooks angry? Like when I'm, I'm, you know, I cook quite a bit in the house. Like I'm not sitting there for the most part, fucking upset, just screaming like, oh, fuck you onion and your bullshit. Like, no, it's like, it's fun. It can be joyous. It's, it's festive too, depending on the season and it's wholesome. It's good for your soul. So with that said, they don't do that in the show, which I fucking appreciate. And there's no one doing passive aggressive comments to each other as far as the competitors go. Or again, a judge that's like, I hope that works. What are you making? Oh, I'm doing a brie cheese with bacon and uh, a touch of semen. And it's like, huh, that's a really bold, risky move. And then they look off camera. It's like, fuck you. Like, you, you have this fucking script and this blueprint you do for every one of these shows and it's nauseating. It's like, I've seen it before. Like nothing changes. It's ridiculous. So thankfully the show's not like that. The only trope that I see the, I've seen them do with all these like cooking competition shows, which is like, eh, whatever is that they, uh, they do do that weird thing. Like when like, uh, a chef gets voted off or whatever or chosen or yeah, it gets voted off or however they fucking do it. They do that fucking weird thing where they do like 20 different camera angle shots and they pan back and forth from like the head chef to the competitor. They do like literally 20, 25 different to and from takeaway shots, like in a fucking span of a minute. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? This is ridiculous, but it's so awkward because they show the chef and he has like a face, you know, of like, I'm waiting to give you the final answer. Then they cut to the contestants and they're just like twiddling their fucking thumbs. And the thing is when they edit this and they do it in this way, I guarantee you it's at a time when they're actually filming this, that the competitors have no idea that this is happening. Meaning they know they're, they're coming up to be voted off and it's a crucial moment for them. Right. But it's like probably a transition for them where they're like, okay, guys, come over to the X marker here. Settle down. All right. We're going to redo the cameras. All right. Everyone ready? Okay. And we're going to roll. And when they're doing all that, they're just doing like fucking B-roll where they're just snapping back and forth. And then every time they snap to the master chef, that's like giving his or her final judgment, if you will. It's um, it's just different camera angles. They keep getting tighter and closer to their face. It's like a shot from like underneath their chin, you know, like your fucking grandparents are FaceTiming you or something. And I mean, I wouldn't know. My, my grandparents are dead, but also oh, sad. But anyways, upside the point, people that don't know FaceTime technology, like that kind of shit. And it's, it's fucking all over the place. So they, they do that pretty much every episode. And that's like, ugh, I just fucking, I get like, twitch starts kicking in and everything it's like why are you guys doing this like you've done a really good job thus far for the most part like don't give into these tropes that <clears throat> people have come to know and been brainwashed to think it's good because it doesn't add tension and that's the thing too and thankfully because it's on netflix there's no fucking commercial breaks so they don't do the whole like jonathan 
that was by far, and then they pause, they cut back and forth. Want of, again, pause, cut back and forth. Of the, cause back and forth, you know, and then they cut to commercial. It's not like that, thankfully, or, you know, or you know that shit where it's like, Jonathan, that was by far one of the most incredibly stupid meals I've ever had in my life. And it's like, fuck you. Why are you so dramatic? Like, you know, and they do do that shit too. I have to say though, in all fairness, in this final table show, the host, this guy loves his hands. He's throwing them up fucking jazz hands 24 seven. He has some bug eye shit going on, but he is so over dramatic. And I'm sure a producer is telling him like, do it to build tension. But every time they go to like that stage before it's like, okay, we're going to vote off these chefs. They like, at that portion, and then right in the beginning, he always says this shit like, and this will be the final time you cook ever in this competition. And, like, they pause it, and it's like, fuck, this is so intense, dude. Holy shit. Like, they're not going to die. You make it sound like if they get voted off, they're going to go as soon as they go into the fucking green room. Some producers are with a gun. It's like, your cooking career is over, and puts two in the back of their head, or, like, chops off their fingers or something. Fuck it. Or they come back and, like, he has a Polaroid and they're like, what's this? And they're looking like, this was your restaurant in, in fucking Europe that we just burned down with gasoline because you lost the competition. It's fucking nothing like that. Like, easy a little bit. Just, it's a cooking competition. We get it. But it's not life or death. Like, let's just keep it in perspective if we can. But, so I know I've given you a couple negatives of my opinions on overall cooking competitions as well as the show. But the way it works is, and this is I, I enjoy there's it starts off with 22 chefs each chef is they're paired in groups right so you got two on each team these people know each other so they're not just randoms and they have some kind of experience in the culinary scene of them crossing paths and they talk about each individual chef and their background as well as how they know this this other person and, and everything like that which is great the thing is each one of these chefs of the 22 competitors they're like fucking Michelin star winners. Like they got a couple stars underneath their belt or at least one. And they're like at the top of their fucking game. Like they, these are people that are like, I'm all about mastering my craft and pushing it to the limits. So it's not like fucking, you know, fucking, I don't know, fucking Martha over there who shows up and, you know, makes her fucking turkey salsa every Thanksgiving and everyone eats. And it's like, it's great, Martha. You should fucking, you should make this and jar it up or, and sell it. Cause it's the greatest salsa I've ever had. Like, no, no one's, everyone's fucking lying to you. Okay. Like Martha, it's fine. You don't need to fucking open a business and, and take out an LLC on it. Let's be honest here. And let alone do not fucking open a restaurant. Cause you have no clue what you're getting yourself into. So these people are the master of the craft, so they go through, and each episode represents a different country around the world. So they get, like, three judges, and usually two of the three are, like, some kind of celebrities, which I could do without. It's like, what the fuck do they know? And then the third person is usually, like, a world-renowned food critic for that country. So they all come together, and they decide, okay, this is the dish that best represents our country. So, like, for what the fuck in Mexico was the first episode. So of course they did tacos, which I thought was hilarious. So they do tacos. So each one of them go through and they're like, Hey, you know, um, make your own spin on tacos and shit like that. And these people have different experiences. Like they had this one guy who's like a freaking awesome chef and he hasn't cooked or hasn't eaten a fucking taco since 1986, he claimed. And so he doesn't eat or cook Mexican cuisine. So now it's on him to do his own thing and his background is Asian cuisine. So 
he's like, okay, how do I take what I know or what I think I know and make a cool dish out of it that's really good for the judges to like? So the judges go through, try each table's fucking dishes, and then from there they turn around and are like, okay, this is the top three people that killed it, you know, in order from one to three. This is the bottom three. And then whoever's left over, you go to the back, you get to move on to the next round. You just don't get praise for it. So then the final three have to compete in like a sudden death match. And then they bring on another chef. Just the judges go away. They bring in one single judge. And this person is like, you know, the fucking Michael Jordan of their cuisine that they master somewhere around the country and they do a cool backstory on them and like how they're so popular and why they're they're so great at what they do and then that person picks a random um an item that they think best represents their country blah 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 so like i can't remember what it was for mexico but like the one i saw the other day i think it was actually was it spain Oh, that guy like picked octopus. So they have to make an octopus dish where octopus is the star of the show or whatever it is. And they can do their own spin. And then the judge tries it. Hey, I don't like it. Or all of this is great, but you guys did the worst. Your pair, you guys are out. So um, I haven't finished it yet. I have a couple episodes left to go, but overall I'm really enjoying it. So if you're a foodie or you just like watching that kind of shit and you kind of get off on it like I do, it's really good. It's it's very well done without all the bullshit and everything like that. And I do appreciate that the people you're watching are are people that have like, no, we're we're fucking great at what we do, and we've been doing it for a long time for the most part and everything like that. So, um, yep, Netflix recommendation from me to you. Final table, search it up if you are into that, and it's a great little show. And you could pause it too if you need to go use the can or something, or grab a snack and not feel like you're getting taken out of the moment or anything, or you're gonna miss something. So that's always good. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for me today. Hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you like the podcast and want to help it grow and or support it, information links can be found in the description of this episode and all of them of how you can do just that. Um, Things like you can do is rate, review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Uh, This includes what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of, um, et cetera, all that bullshit. So um, also feel free to share the podcast via social media or Reddit or whatever you use. Um, And also... As, as, yeah, also as good. I don't know if that's, that didn't sound right to me. Anyways, you can send in your listener questions. That's very, very important to me. Definitely want to do more of that stuff. So I've been seeing some come in and I'm, I'm kind of getting excited about it. So just keep them coming. And I, you know, for those that I have sent in, I have emailed you one-on-one and everything and responded and what have you. So, and again, those topics or your questions do not have to relate to any of the topics we you know, whether it's video game, TV, or film can be about anything, or it can be about those, can be about specific shows, whatever you want. So, and I've actually gotten a couple of emails of people recommending stuff to me to watch that I do have on my list so I can talk about them on an episode. So I actually do appreciate that because so far they've been really fucking good. Um, also, uh, feel free to look us up on Instagram if you're fucking with that. Uh, just search The Haven Podcast on Instagram and follow us there. That's where I post usually when I'm going live on Mixer, which you can also follow me there. Fucking so much follows. Like, holy shit. If you can, great. If not, I understand. But, you know, just spread the shit so I can get listenership if it's worth it and and just feedback how am i doing what can i get better at those are my two biggest things you know um but yeah they're all you can't deny that there's tons of ways to get involved and, and all that stuff and i appreciate every single aspect that you can do of any of those 
and what have you. So yeah, thanks again, you guys. Um, hope you all have an amazing work week and everything like that. And I will talk to you guys this upcoming Friday for the weekly video game focused episode. Um, so definitely tune in because I will have even more in-depth thoughts and feels on Red Dead Online. I cannot wait to share with you guys my experience. Um, last night was Friday night for us, so I got on for a couple hours with my brothers, and we, we sunk in some a good couple of hours with it, and it just took it to a whole fucking other level, and holy shit, this game, ah, so fucking good. But um, yep, I'll give you all the full details and all that stuff this Friday. So with that said, thank you so much yet again, you guys. Take care, and yeah, I'll talk to you guys this Friday. Bye.